Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name is Anthony. Anthony, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Good. You know why I'm fantastic today? Why are you fantastic? Because I, I kind of want to say our Lord and Savior, but I'm not. Uh, oh, please don't. <laughs> our patron for this month, not an official patron, but in terms of our namesake for our this topic. month, announced FP Fest. FP Fest is going to take place on October 8th, which is a Friday. It's October 10th, which is a Sunday in 2021. What's quacking? There's a lot of stuff quacking. I'm just kind of read off the website a little bit. This is on Indiegogo, by the way. We'll have a link in the description of this episode. There's going to be live virtual panels. There's going to be AMA. You get to chill with some of the... It just says JTRO and friends. So we don't know who that is. It's just some buddies from high school. It's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, so everyone in the in the crew, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be a watch parties, including drinking games and shiz talk. Apparently, there's a, a new dub of Beats of Rage. It's in Hindi. That's pretty neat. Yeah, pretty why the cool. heck not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be some FP themed competitions, special merch, all sorts of stuff. Support it. I think we are both going to be backing independently. Uh, yeah. But I feel like maybe we should make a donation in the name of the pod. Absolutely. So I'm thinking about getting the iPad. So if I, I've never pledged to anything on Indiegogo, if I no, get the most expensive one, does that mean I get everything else beneath it? Yeah. If you notice it, it's the perks or what have you, if you get the most expensive perk, it shows you uh-huh. everything oh. Yeah, oh. that you get, which okay. I think is cool. a couple of different t-shirts, some pins, of course, the, okay. the pass to FP Fest. A whole lot of stuff. I like the the whole. It's kind of like a meta commentary that if you if you get L L the L Dub Duck, all you get <laughs> is a pin and nothing because that's that's what L Dub is. He's nothing. That's what you get. That's all you get. Is Don't the you pin. get <laughs> you get the sticker and the pin? There's some trucker hats or yeah. duck hats. Excuse me. <laughs> There's some other stickers. There's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, it's actually that my birthday is that weekend. So happy mm. birthday to me. Uh, I'm really glad he, you know, paid attention to when my birthday was and, and decided to throw yeah. that giant FP themed party for it. Uh, it's the best friend I've ever had, apparently. <laughs> did you tell him it was your birthday? Of course I did. I was I've been tweeting at him. I've been DMing oh. him. I slid into his DMs on Instagram. <laughs> no, of course he doesn't know it's my birthday. Well, I didn't tell him, so it's kind of weird that you don't even know. know when my birthday is. Yeah, I do. It's that weekend. <laughs> A lucky guess. <laughs> Lucky guess. <laughs> I'll be at a wedding. So are, oh, you're going to be at a wedding? Sorry. That's unfortunate. FP3 Escape from Baco greater than some random wedding. <laughs> awesome. So Jason uh, Trost pushing forward, releasing new movies. But we're not here to talk about his new movies and his new events. We're here to talk about one that's a little older. What are we here to talk about today? All Superheroes Must Die is a 2011 American independent superhero horror film directed by and starring Jason Trost. It also stars James Remar and Lucas Till. Is it Remar? 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 I think, sure. you know, he's never going to listen. It doesn't matter. I should ask. <laughs> Lucas Till? I, uh... Yeah. I didn't recognize this guy from anything, because I don't think I've seen... No, I guess I've seen the, the X-Men, which is the one with Wolverine. I think Wolverine's in literally all of them. Well, the Days of Future Past. Is that, uh, yeah, is that, is yeah, that Days of Future movie? Past. That was a that was a good one. I think I liked that one. I think that's the only one of those I've seen. Wait, you've never seen any of the X Men movies? 
No, no, I haven't seen the the ones with the alternate timeline. Oh, gotcha. The newer, like the new crew or whatever. The ones with Mac, uh, Mikhail Roy. Yes, the ones with the yes. ones where they got rid of Picard. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think Picard was in Days of Future Past. Bookended it. I think he was. But yeah, yes. he's he's been in a lot of things. He's a younger actor from Fort Hood, Texas. Oh, semi-local. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And then James Ramar, uh, not a young actor, but has been in a lot of stuff. So this movie is also known as Versus. Is it Versus? Or VS. I guess it's Versus. Because it, oh, it, the cover art that shows Versus shows Lucas Till's character and Jason Trost's character staring down. So I think that, that fits. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. On IMDb, this movie, so I'll throw a little fact at some wall and see, or throw some facts at the wall and see what sticks. 4.0 out of 10, 2,100 ratings. The majority of them, unfortunately, fall under the one category. 18.4% scored this thing as a one. It's got a median of four. Uh, did you look through any of these one-star reviews? Uh, no, you... no, I opted not to read any reviews for this one. I w- I'm wondering if it's if these reviews are just more against the quality of maybe the props and the sets. Let's talk about that here in just a few yeah, minutes. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes has four critical reviews, not enough to trigger the amount, but an audience score of 23%. All four rotten of the critical reviews. Okay. And I couldn't find anything on Metacritic. Not unusual for a small indie film. Yeah, nothing. So, Anthony, why don't you give me your initial thoughts and opinions about this movie? I will give you my initial thoughts and opinions. So, this film came out as Jason Trost's second quote-unquote feature-length film uh, right after the FP. came out the same year. So... I don't I don't know what production timelines look like or anything like that. Uh, but just to kind of put it, we've we've kind of jumped back and forth, right? We watched FP, which came out in 2011. And then we watched uh, FP2, which came out much more recently in 2018. And then we went back to How to Save Us in 2014. Now we're going back to 2011 with All Superheroes Must Die. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of jumping around his filmography a little bit. And you can definitely see how... He's matured as a filmmaker, as a director, as a writer, maybe a little bit as an actor. I think it's I think his acting is has been solid across all of them, but it, you can definitely see the difference in styles and whatnot. This movie isn't that great. <laughs> I I don't agree with the ones. I think the four out of ten is probably right on. The story is the best part of this film, which is unfortunate because I feel like I feel like the story deserved more than it got, if that makes sense. The acting, for the most part, I say for the most part, all but one person, I think they did a great job. I really enjoyed the the performances. The sets were above average for the, what I'm imagining this budget was. And I mean, they're most of it. I mean, it's at night in a in a garage in a junkyard. You know, walking down a street that happens to be empty. You know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. The costuming was okay. You, it just it felt more how do I, like for the FP to come out the same year and like both of those movies to come out this movie and that to come out the same year. You can definitely tell which one got more love. This one has an estimated budget of twenty thousand dollars. The FP has an estimated budget of sixty thousand dollars. It shows. I mean, was how to save us was also around twenty thousand, right? Less than thirty, mm-hmm. and it feels so much better then all superheroes must die or versus or what have you. There's a little bit in the acting, but a lot of that's got to do with the direction. I think, I think a lot of the shots, some of the wide angle shots, some of the, like just a lot of it just didn't 
hit the same way that his other films have. It didn't feel the same. However, Jason Trost's performance, Lucas Till's performance, fantastic. Uh, James Ramar just eating up the scenery in his more or less solo performances, speaking <laughs> to them, but they he can't hear them or what have you. The costuming is good. I think the the idea of having his superhero outfit or his co- superhero costume being torn so it's covering his one eye, I thought that was extremely clever. Very, very, very clever. It was a little odd seeing him without an eye patch in the flashbacks. Like, yeah. I think seeing Jason Tross without an eye patch would be like seeing you with one. Like, it's just, it just didn't, it kind of took me out of it a little bit because I'm like, no, that's not, that's not Jason Tross. That's not, I guess it's, I mean, I know he well, wears one Jason because he has Truss. to, but his, but it's his, it's his look, right? And so it just seemed a little odd. So it took me out of it for a few seconds. Like, you know, then later on, he's wearing sunglasses. I'm like, so I, I like the, the kind of clever takes there. The story kept me guessing and I'm going to spoil it now. I thought for the longest time that Jason Trost's character, Charge, was going to betray everybody. I thought he was secretly on the bad guy's side. That's why he still had his superpowers. That's why he was so quick to let people die or to kill them himself. But the twist of him not actually having superpowers and he was just faking it the entire time, you know, and it's that sense of desperation with him and and really everything that's happening. And we find in the flashbacks that he's the one who formed the group. He's like, yeah, let's do this. He's he's literally a gung ho superhero fanboy who got in way over his head and it resulted in all of his friends dying. And I think that's an awesome story. It's such a cool twist. And then he kills a bunch of furries and then he kills the bad guy. And I'm like, I'm behind all of these things. I'm a hundred percent. I'm there, right? I'm there for it. But everything leading up to that, the fight scenes, not great, which is weird because we we've lauded the FP came out the same year. I'm going to mispronounce his name if I'm not staring at it. Uh, Val Messi, Val Messi. I think it's Val Massey. Val Massey. I could be wrong. Yeah, Lee Val Massey. And Jason Tross had a fight scene that was amazing. It was one of the best, like it was, I say one of the best fight scenes, but it was it was really, really good. And then you have them both fighting in this, not each other, separately. And it just didn't connect. There's a lot of weird pauses. I mean, the most obvious one, well, the two most obvious ones being Shadow, just kind of letting... Uh, Lee Val Massey's character, Charlie, or the wall, just kind of letting him get stabbed. <laughs> just kind of lets it happen. Doesn't it try to do anything about it. John slash Charge, played by Jason Trost, kind of lets the bad guys slowly push the buttons that blow up the whole city. Like, there's not a sense of urgency in it. And I don't know if that's because the script didn't call for it. They couldn't get physical as much as they could because of insurance reasons or... <laughs> Or Mr. Ramar was just like, don't touch me. Like, whatever yeah. whatever that is. But there there lacks a sense of, of urgency. And I don't, maybe it's editing. I don't know. I, I don't make films. I just talk about them as, an, as a novice. But the one thing that tips this below, like tips this into the, eh, I don't really care for it category, is Sophie Merkley, who plays <laughs> Jill slash Shadow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very, very sorry. I don't think she's a great actress. She's not horrible. We've seen much, much worse acting. <laughs> We've talked about much, much worse acting. It, she doesn't like throw you out of, of everything, but she just, and, and maybe, you know, I'm going to throw some, maybe some shade a little bit at, or some blame, I should say, at uh, Mr. Jatro. Maybe it was the directing. Like she's supposed to be a superhero, but she kind of just stares there and watches things happen or cries a lot. And I say cries, like anyone's allowed to cry. That's not a problem. It's It's more like, that's all she does. She never, she's something to be protected. She's somebody to be uh, worried about, unlike all of the other characters. I mean, when Lucas Till's character, Cutthroat? Yes. 
What a name. What yeah. a name for a sidekick. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't he like a speedster or something as well? As he's, at least it's alluded to that he's a speedster. He has to kill, charge, or shadow, or watch his sister die. And he just got in a, out of a conversation with Shadow about how Charge was going to be the one to save them and blah, blah, blah. But Shadow just watches this happen. She doesn't interfere. She's playing the damsel, I guess, in a movie that absolutely 100% does not need a damsel. And it especially didn't need one in one of the, the principal actors, one of the principal superheroes in the movie. And so it, it upset me. I wasn't sold 100% on her acting. I could have got past it if the character had been interesting. And I don't know if that's the script. I don't know if that's his direction. I don't know if that's her acting ability. I suspect it's a little bit of all three. Overall, I feel like this is a movie that should have cooked a little while longer uh, before shooting, before actual production. I think that if we had gotten a little bit more money, taken a little bit more time with it, with whether it was the script or just having more time to film, I think we could have gotten something really, really good out of it in 2012, 2013. That being said, I did like especially the back half of the story once you everything starts coming together. It's really, really interesting. I'm really looking forward to the sequel, um, especially with just how this one ended and the post credit scene. Uh, I'm, I'm very eager to see what uh, what he did with the second one. Okay, I just talked well, a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> I had I a just, lot of feelings about this. I needed to get them all out at once. I'm so sorry. I just revved you up and let you go. <laughs> I've been thinking about this. I watched this. I watched this a few days ago. On Tubi, T-U-B-I, TV, whatever, doc. it's like IMDb TV. It just has ads, better ads than IMDb. And by better, I mean shorter. <laughs> so uh, it is available for free to watch. It's not very long. So it's definitely worth the price of subscription. Spoilers for something that we usually wait 30 minutes to say. <laughs> and hopefully it sets up an, uh, a really good sequel. But overall, I think this is the weakest entry into J-Cho July so far. All right, I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up. I'll let you talk a little bit. What did you think, Chris? uh, First of all, 118 minutes. Shout out to a superhero movie that isn't seven and a half hours long. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, have you you watched Loki? No, I was supposed to start. I actually had a bit about that. I was expecting you to ask me about this week in sci-fi. I was like, I finished Deep Space Nine. I'm going to start watching Loki, and I just haven't had time with work. All right, well. Have you? Are you about to spoil it for me? Please don't. No. We have a mutual friend who I don't talk to very often. They just send me the occasional meme. Send me six Loki TV show memes that spoiled <laughs> the show. Not anything major, but it was six memes about the same spoil. And I was like, oh, okay. the first one, I was like, uh, oh, I guess I just don't get whatever this is. And the third one, I was like, oh, this is about Loki. And by the last one, I was like, I guess this happens. Cool. <laughs> Please don't spoil Loki for me. No, I won't. You do that for yourself. I will. I'd like to talk to about this movie as a concept. Okay. I think for the most part, when we review movies or shows or whatnot, I think we we talk about it, how it exists in the genre that we've chosen. Right. Okay. What I would actually like to do is talk about the concept of this movie in the genre. Which genre? Superhero movies? Sci-fi in general? Science fiction, horror. Like if you were to get a Venn diagram, science fiction, I'm holding my hands up, science fiction, horror, superheroes. Yeah. This movie happens to fall in the middle. Yeah. I think... Part of the issue is we just talked about the FP, obviously, and we just talked about how to save us. You talked about how those movies looked so good for their budget. Oh, yeah. Well, to be fair, the FP is supposed to be taking place in a post-apocalyptic world, and they're in just a bunch of sheds where there's just a bunch of junk. And on how to save us, they're just on a deserted island, and they're wearing a bunch of dirt, you know, on their skin. Those weren't real human ashes? No. Oh. No. Uh, oh. I, I hope so. <laughs> like, 
That's method, I guess. Yeah. But I think this movie makes sense how it's structured. This is a movie. This is well, the story. I've I've read this story. I've seen this story. I've 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 heard of the story about a superhero team going up against like a, just a psycho mastermind genius. Batman mm. goes against the Joker week after week, and he once shot Commissioner Gordon's daughter in the spine and then strapped that dude to a, a ride at an amusement park and made him just watch a bunch of really messed up stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the idea of a superhero team combating a superhero villain that's put them in awkward and compromising and morally gray situations is common. Are all of them filmed in Fraser Park? No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that this is just, this is his take on that classic story. He just only has yeah. $20,000. So I think that the the costuming is not great. I think it's good for what it is. Like, And I'm not saying that Sarah Trost isn't a good costumer, but no matter how like business mixes with pleasure, you're just not going to be able to afford the same level of materials to make costumes for a movie that has a smaller budget, right? Sure. sure. Do you agree or disagree? I, I agree. I have some additional trivia facts I'm going to throw at you after you're done with your point. Okay. Budget-wise, I think this movie looks every part of $20,000. They were able to film in a bunch of businesses that were closed for the night since because we agreed you know, or we, we saw that it takes place at night. This is probably filmed over two or three days, probably. So we got a short film cycle, a low budget, uh, a bunch of no-name and at that point unknown actors, right? I mean, this is I don't think this is Lucas Till's first movie. He was in a Taylor Swift music video. I guess he was in Hannah Montana, the movie. Yeah. He, Lucas Till's biggest claim to fame is being in a bunch of YouTube videos with yeah. Jason Trost. As far as I know, that's all I know. Yeah. I mean, he's he was in a bunch of stuff after this. So I guess it's fair enough to say that he was relatively unknown as an actor. Sure. Uh, uh, Sophie Merkley has, has never made another movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lee Val Massey hasn't made really anything else. I guess he's just Jason Trost's friend that they do stuff together because he doesn't act in anything else but his movies. And then Sean Whalen. <laughs> Sean Whalen is in this movie. It's great. Uh, Uncle Sam. That's amazing. <laughs> BLT, my boy, Nick yes. Prince of P. Yep. As Sledge Saw. I thought that was really good. Uh, I mean, I'm a little upset that they just put it directly on the nose. The Saw reference with the little TVs. And a dude whose name is Rick Shaw. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. That's okay. Not really upset about that. But I think I like this movie on the surface. And that's probably as deep as it needs to go. I thought the story was... It was pretty compelling, all things considered. There are issues with the acting. There is issues with the direction. There are issues with the the shooting. I don't think this movie was shot as well Mm -hmm. as any of his other ones. And and there's just some big plot holes. I'm just going to read you a couple plot holes. (laughs) Sure. How did the fuse relight? Yeah, I don't know. How'd the fuse relight? How did Cutthroat not know how to stop a fuse? Why didn't they just unplug it from all the explosives? All right, keep going. How would those TVs have such good picture quality? Well, that was actually a plot point about how good the quality was. Well, I didn't see any power cables on any TV. Did you? I didn't see any. I didn't look for them. I'm sorry. (laughs) What are their actual powers, if any? Uh, I assume the wall is invincible or invulnerable to some degree. Yeah, because he he didn't know how to process pains. He never had it. Cutthroat said something about having speed. The only one we really don't know their power was Shadow. She could become invisible. Is that her thing? Yeah, yeah. She did it at the party, and then they talk about it. Oh, I must have blinked and missed it. Are we just going to ignore a huge two-inch gash? 
on John slash Charge's chest for the last 15 minutes of this movie. Oh, yeah. Why would it we just, talk about that? It's just that? huge and sucking. Well, that's a, <laughs> it's just blood everywhere. It's a superhero movie, right? So, like, getting wounds that most people... I mean, he also got shot right next to the heart. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. those types of... I mean, he he's Batman, right? Like, he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just a highly honed human. Yeah, he can he can live through that. It's no big deal. Sure, sure. Everyone's real cavalier about the six minute timer. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like when she shows back up and she's just looking at him. Like, I think a lot of this might have been they were probably trying to film this like a comic book. I've talked about that before with some of the other movies or shows that we watched that are about comics or graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Is I think a lot of time cinematographers or directors will try to get a frame. They'll try to get. The comic book frame. Yes. We saw that with, uh, with not Kung Fu. What was it called? Not karate. Jiu-Jitsu. Yes. I was like, <laughs> it was a martial art. We saw that in Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah. We saw that for better in the Valorant, Valorant universe. Nick, Ninjak versus the Valorant universe. Yeah, yeah. But I think when, when he's bleeding and coughing up blood sitting at Brickshaw's desk and she comes in and she just stands there for like mm-hmm. five or six seconds, I think that's like a... That's supposed to be a, a comic book frame where you're looking at one picture of him and then the next picture is her and you're supposed to have hope. Right. It's just, yeah, so I'm pulling, I'm going to pull some trivia right off of the, uh, the IMDb page. So I can't corroborate any of this. I really wish that IMDb trivia had links to sources, but I'm going to throw these out there. Not all of them, just a couple here. All of Rickshaw's scenes were shot in one location for a total of five hours. So not even a full day for uh, James Ramar. He's got to be a family friend. Yeah. Or I mean, right? they, they found him. They paid him. You know, yeah. the costumes were all built from the ground up and were constructed in under two weeks because the costume designer, the aforementioned Sarah Trost, had to leave to be a contestant on Project Runway. Mm. So they were rushed. Due to a short window of availability, of availability with the director and actors, the film was written in four days and shot in 15 10 hour days. Mm, okay budget limitations led to the filmmakers having to rip pages out of the script left and right on set yeah yeah so i mean it's just a i mean it's just first whichever movie came out first i don't know like i mean i believe the fp I came out first looking okay, i, I so. believe imdb keeps them in that order so okay so yeah he's just this is a, a low budget film yeah you know i I, for, I forgive it it's transgressions against the film gods <laughs> i don't think it's transgressed but sure I mean, yeah. So is it weird that I can tell who the first person was on screen because it was Jason Trost grunting? I knew it was him. As soon as he grunted, I was like, oh, it's (laughs) Jatro. Because I've heard him grunt so many times. Oh, man. No. (sighs) Sure. Uh, That is a little weird, but I'll allow it. Why not? It's not weird. It's not. Did you recognize Lee Valmassi? Or were you like me and found out it was him in the credits? When they're standing on the rooftop, that's when I that's when I was like, oh, that's LWE. That's exactly who that is. That's what I knew. He looks so different, but Well it's oh he doesn't have like a, a mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> I guess said he looks so different. <laughs> he doesn't have a grill. He's not wearing sunglasses. He doesn't have this huge bushy beard. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't look have like the... a wild post apocalyptic gang leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's just such Credit a different look for sure. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Credit Absolutely. To him. Looking forward to seeing him in more more productions i still i th- i think it's worth watching i'm hoping that the sequel will be good i agree with everything you said i think it really compounds everything i said but i think i, I just come back to 
if they were having issues with the budget and whatnot, and, and I don't know if there was a production company involved and they had to get some things done. I mean, if pushing it back and doing it properly, I, I could see this being a, a cult movie, you know? I think that's the difference between this film and the FP. I mean, the FP was an idea he had for years, right? And he has all of this momentum behind it. Well, this looks like something that was, I mean, if trivia is to be believed, or if my own gut is to be believed, it's something that was a little bit more rushed. I think at the core of it, it's a great story and a great idea. And it's unfortunate it just didn't get the execution that I think it deserved. That's fair. I'll, I'll agree with that. Did you watch the post credit scene? I did, where, spoilers, Cutthroat, I guess it wakes up? Yeah. I mean, if Charge can survive a bullet to the chest, then Cutthroat can get stabbed, <laughs> right? How come none of them tried to take the implant out? Well, I think it was an, in- they said it was an injection. I don't know if it was an implant. I think it was more like a, a like, I, I think he's... it's supposed to be a shot injection, but it looks gnarly. Like, I don't know. I think he said implant a couple times. Oh, I thought he said injection. I think but, he I said mean, he's rejecting the the implant. Mm. But I mean, how like <laughs> terrible are your superpowers if they can need to take it away with a shot? I don't know. <laughs> I guess I you know. would stay away from vaccines if you're a superhero. Might lose your powers. Oh, no. <laughs> so was it just me who thought that Charge was going to betray them at some point or turn out to be in league with Rickshaw? No, no. I, I thought the whole time. He was on the side of quote unquote good. I mean, I don't want to just, we should just casually dismiss that he murdered three people. Uh, yeah, I don't think I was being casual about it. Uh, <laughs> he was definitely playing the, uh, playing the long con to try to save as many people as possible. Although I think that's what he would say. I get the feeling that he was more trying to save himself and the people like his, his superhero friends. Yeah. I think he has an immense sense of guilt. Was what I got. I like his, his. It's a great performance. I, I got a lot out of it. And when they're in the bonus round or what have you, there's graffiti all over the wall. There is, uh, there's graffiti on the wall that it says "you loose" instead of "you lose." It's L O O S E instead of L O S E. And I think that that's just a bigger commentary on the fact that the reason these people are turning to crime is because there's not a proper education system <laughs> and support system wherever it was that they grew up, seemingly America. And I think that I have to wholeheartedly agree with Mr. Jatro when he says that, through his work, of course, says that you know we need to do a better job educating our children and giving them opportunities to get to not have to turn to things like crime and poorly worded graffiti. Yeah. I, That's I, all. Uh, <laughs> I got I got nothing else, I guess. Um, now it's weird. Now it's, now it's weird. Everything now up to this point has been perfectly fine, but now it's weird. Have you watched the second one yet? No, I have not. No, okay, I've been. I was holding off. I want to do a little closer when we record. Do you have any predictions? Knowing that it's called "All Superheroes Must Die" to the last superhero. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that Ghost is not in this one, in the second one. I haven't looked at IMDb, at least not the same actress. You say Ghost, you mean Shadow? Yes, yes. I don't know. Like, I, if it's supposed to be a superhero slash kind of Saw-inspired thing, if he's going to stick with the horror theme... I don't know. I, f- I feel like it's probably going to be a shift in tone. Just like, I mean, like FP, I don't know. the first FP versus the second one, there's a bit of a shift. It's the same universe, and the same characters, but it's got very different influences. I-, I could see him doing something different with it. I'm thinking that maybe he's going to be fighting a villain that just can't die. Hmm. Okay. So like a la a Jason or Mike, Mike Myers, Michael Myers. So. Yeah, Jason That's my Mike prediction. Myers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I-, I-, I don't know. I feel like maybe Lucas Till's character Cutthroat might become the villain. 
and be the one who's pulling the strings, you know, behind the scenes. But I, I don't know. And this movie wasn't super obvious what was going on with Charge, so I, I, I'm not gonna. I don't know. I don't. I'm not going into it expecting my expectations to be subverted, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. If that made sense. You know, BLT said, "What's that? You gotta expect unexpected." <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and read the blurb for "All Superheroes Must Die Too: The Last Superhero," which we'll be covering next week. In a no-holds-barred documentary, acclaimed journalist Vicki O'Neill, fair enough, sets out on a quest to uncover the truth behind the murder of small-town sweetheart Allie Andrews. What she uncovers leads her down a dark and twisted rabbit hole into the world of superheroes, where she gets to the chance of a lifetime, an exclusive interview with Charge, the world's last superhero. This is very long. Hmm. As he chronicles his mysterious origins and bloody career, Vicky begins to wonder, is he still the hero the world remembers or has he become the villain we all should fear? All right. Vic- Vicky O'Neill, huh? Yeah, Vicky O'Neill. So Vicky Vale, April O'Neill. Yep, yep. Very nice reference. So yeah, I mean, right away that, that feels like, yep, we're, we're going to have to wonder if he's good, bad, who's this, who's that. But this, but I think framing as a documentary is something I did not expect. That is a very different, mm. uh, very different method. You know what I didn't expect? The unexpected. We got another five-star review on iTunes. Wow, nice transition. The review is, I listened to one episode so far and I enjoyed it. It felt like I was in a conversation with a couple of friends, LOL. So much I kept trying to put my two cents in. I already know which episodes I will listen to next. Great job, Def Worth the Listen. Subscribe, Lydia from One Woman's Opinion Podcast. Mm, which I think we did look up. Very interesting. She apparently, you, you can just ask her a question and she'll give you her honest opinion. So, shout out. She has, I think, my f- second favorite podcast cover art I've ever seen. Aside from our own. Of, of course. Obviously. I paid good money uh-huh. for that. Yes. <laughs> it's my favorite. I would be interested to hear, Lydia, if you're listening... What episode you listened to mm. that made you think that we were good? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of shouting out, head on over to your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Give us a review. Five stars. Share a listen. Uh, share us with your friends and your enemies. Everyone deserves to listen. As this movie has proved, are your friends your enemies? And also, head on over to your social media platform of choice. Find us on most social media as Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Facebook is uh, the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group. And if you really, really liked what you heard, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Become a patron. Get exclusive content. That's all I got. How about you? I got nothing. All right. No, I just want to thank everybody for listening. I want to remind you guys to stay safe, stay hydrated, and remember that you are loved by the hosts and community of this podcast. And uh, we'll see you all at FP Fest. Bye. I should have brought this up in the poster for FP three. That's on the Indiegogo. Is he wearing power gloves? Are they all wearing power gloves? Is that like a thing now? I think so. Oh, I need one. Chai T has two power gloves. Yeah. That's good art. God, I hope so. I don't know what the hell is going on and I love it. (laughs) This kind of looks like a, it's like star Wars meets Thundercats. (laughs)
I'm getting real Skeletor in the background vibes yeah. from this Elda the E. Yeah. Like, and I think he's supposed to be a skeleton. So it like makes yeah, even more I think, sense. Well, he's got like the red eye. He's probably like a cyborg or something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in. I'm My in it. My body's ready. Yes, yes. <laughs>